In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Is the tradition of the church that Jesus' public ministry of teaching and healing lasted three years. This is the tradition because St. John mentions in three different places, quote, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Three mentions of the annual feast of the Passover would suggest a three-year ministry. The first mention of the Passover happens shortly after the miracle of Jesus turning water into wine at Cana. On this Passover, Jesus travels to Jerusalem and turns over the money to changing tables, cleanses the temple, and passes judgment on the whole institution. Today's gospel story takes place one year after this at the Sea of Galilee, one year before Jesus returns to Jerusalem to die. So why did Jesus not go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover at the temple, as was the custom? Perhaps he saw no need of the Passover feast anymore, since having already passed judgment on the temple. Perhaps Jesus was laying a foundation for an institution that was greater than the sacrificial system at the temple. Whatever the reason, Jesus and his disciples find themselves on the coast of the Sea of Galilee, and thousands of people also find Jesus by the Sea of Galilee. Knowing of the miracles he works, they go to see him, unprepared for their journey. Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Why in the world would Jesus ask such a question? It's almost frustrating that the one who created all things, including the food that all people eat, should ask, where are we going to get enough? The answer, in retrospect, is obvious to us. Lord, you who made all food, you will have to make a little bit more to provide enough for these people who are here. But of course, poor Philip, he answers, not even 200 denarii worth of bread would be enough to feed them. Philip is essentially telling Jesus that there is not enough money for us to feed these people. They will probably go without dinner this evening. St. Andrew's response is not much better, telling Jesus, We have five loaves of bread and two fish, but not enough to feed 5,000 people. They will probably go tonight without dinner. It seems like there is a better answer to this question. If we want the correct response to Jesus' question, we must look to the water-to-wine miracle, which happened one year prior at a wedding in Cana. Here Mary, the mother of God, tells Jesus, they have no wine. Not taking no for an answer, she turns to the servants of the feast and says, whatever he says to you, do it. Mary perfectly trusts in Jesus to provide, and so he does. But before we condemn poor Philip and Andrew too harshly for their answer to our Lord's question, let us think a moment about this in our own lives and how we might also answer. It pleases God to ask us from time to time, how are we going to get through this? Where will we ever get enough? We have been fasting now for over three weeks, and the anxieties of life have had a chance to float to the surface. 
And we all have our own anxieties and our own struggles. We all have our own hurts and our own pains. And since it is Lent, we have been sitting with the unfiltered burdens of reality without our usual coping methods. In Lent, we are like the multitudes who have chosen to follow Jesus without provisions for dinner. We follow him up the mountain because we heard of all the miracles he has worked. And as it turns out, following Jesus can be uncomfortable. So here we are. We've been fasting for weeks, and we're uncomfortable, and we're tired. And Jesus asks us, how will we ever have enough to make it through? And we already know the Sunday school answer to this. Jesus will provide everything. And yet, we're also still so ready to say in our hearts, Lord, there is no way we'll ever make it through. Remember that Jesus took on our humanity at Christmas and became human. Jesus subjected himself to a normal human life for 30 years before he began his ministry. God has experienced life from our perspective, and he has known hunger, loneliness, and pain. And on this day, seeing the thousands of people who were so willing to go without food for a while, Jesus felt compassion on them because he knows what it's like to be hungry, not just because he's an all-knowing God, but also because he's a human being. So Jesus provided them with some relief and refreshment for a little while, and Jesus fed them bread. The Lord is the one who brought us to where we are today, and Jesus will provide for our needs, just like he provided for the people who followed him up the grassy hill. Jesus will give us exactly what we need to make it through. This does not mean that Jesus will solve all of our problems for us. An easy solution to our problems is likely not the thing that is best for us. But what Jesus does provide is his presence. And what Jesus does provide are the virtues to get through these struggles. Over time, after experiencing Lent over the course of years, we find that the uncomfortable part of Lent is not going without some of our favorite luxuries. The uncomfortable part of Lent is the spiritual growing pains we experience as God reveals to us aspects of our lives where we need to change. The change comes when we approach God in faith and ask him for the grace necessary to grow. What Jesus provides is growth in our lives so that we are better people in the end. We are able to love God better, and then we are able to love ourselves better, and then we are able to love others better. These gifts give us the ability to better minister to ourselves and to others. What is happening on this hill by the Sea of Galilee is in sharp contrast to what is happening at the temple in Jerusalem on this particular Passover. At the temple, People remain under the law, but they find no reprieve from their sins. Their repentance is unaccepted by the religious authorities. There is no forgiveness found there. Here on the hill in Galilee, thousands of people are fed by God in a display that reveals God's love for his people. In today's epistle, St. Paul explains that we are no longer under the bondage of the law, but are children of God and are therefore free. This reality gives us the ability to grow 
to make mistakes, learn from them, and to get back up and dust ourselves off and try again. We can make mistakes, make a good confession, and then receive forgiveness. When Jesus feeds the 5,000, he is giving the multitudes a foretaste of what's to come the next year, the institution of a new covenant. If you haven't read John chapter 6 lately, you really must. It is one of the most extraordinary chapters in the entire Bible because Jesus explains to the multitudes what this new covenant will look like. Jesus instructs his followers to not seek after the food that perishes, but to seek after the food that endures to everlasting life. Jesus says this food that endures to everlasting life is himself. He calls himself the bread of life. Quote, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The bread that the multitudes received on this particular Passover on the coast of the Sea of Galilee was a foretaste of the living bread, which Jesus Christ's presence in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is what gives our souls the nourishment it needs to grow and to be healthy. Today, we get to partake in something greater than what the 5,000 had. We get to see the miracle of bread and wine become the body and blood of our Lord. And Jesus gives us this bread to eat, the bread that gives everlasting life. We just passed the halfway point in Lent. Last Friday marked the 21st day of the 40-day fast. This particular Sunday, the fourth Sunday in Lent, is often called Refreshment Sunday or Mothering Sunday. On some liturgical calendars, this Sunday is colored pink. This is similar to the pink candle in Advent. This Sunday marks that we have gone just past the halfway point and that we are most of the way to Easter and that we are joyful that we are almost there. Lent is about to get a bit more intense in the next couple of weeks as we enter Passion Tide on Sunday and look toward Good Friday. But today, on Mothering Sunday, let's enjoy that we are most of the way there as we fix our eyes on Easter and, the, and enjoy a foretaste of that joy and some refreshment from the fast. Just as our Lord gave refreshment to the multitudes that followed him up the hill, on this particular Passover before Easter. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.